welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our studio Debbie Bloom and Anita McRae. Debbie is the manager of the Walker Local and Family History Center. I always have a hard time saying that for some reason. At the Richland Library here in Columbia, South Carolina. And she is a genealogist with an interest in family history. And you can find out more about what she does at her blog, which is cleverly named The Dead Librarian. And Anita has been working for Richland Library for the past 22 years and has been working on her own family history for the past 30 years. So welcome both of you to the podcast. Thank you. Yep, awesome. We're glad to be here together. Glad to have you here. And we've had Debbie on the podcast before, so this is just twice the double the the fun. (laughs) And Anita's always fun, too. Good. Um, Okay, so today we are going to discuss DNA and genealogy, and it's also known as genetic genealogy. So um, can either one of you or both of you talk about like kind of how this evolved surrounding DNA tests and how they relate to genealogical research? Well, I said I wanted to start because I don't know a whole lot about DNA, and I want to get my two bits in before Anita gets there. (laughs) So I always describe to people that DNA is, it's just another tool. It's like a census record. It's like a death certificate. It's another tool. And when I say another tool, I mean a research tool. So once you get your DNA, it's not going to give you all the answers, but you have to do further research to connect your pieces, just like you would with a census record. Um, I'll leave the evolution of DNA to, to Anita. She's better at that than okay. I am. Well, in the, in the year 2000, the first uh, DNA tests were started at Family Tree DNA okay. and then Brian Sykes at Oxford Ancestors. And the only two tests that they had then were the Y DNA test, which is men father's line only mm-hmm. and the mitochondrial DNA test which anyone can take everyone you inherit mitochondrial DNA from your mother uh, but only a daughter can pass it forward okay so I'm already one. confused but okay. go ahead <laughs> All right. and then in 2000 I think 7 uh, 23 and me had their commercial test which was autosomal which okay. is that's the DNA test that most people are familiar with, the one you take that gives you all of your uh, genetic relatives mm-hmm. and matches uh, only if they've tested. And it will not go find them if they have not tested. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Now, this is a learning thing for me also. Okay. So if, if you don't mind if I ask you a question. Not at so all. it's my understanding that autosomal will go, pa- go like four or five generations. I say you can trust it pretty well to the fourth great-grandparents. But if you do the Y, then it goes farther back? The Y goes farther back. It's a slow mutating, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Well, just the genes. Yeah, the genus is slow mutating. So you can get pretty good results of of a surname line Mm -hmm. or a father-to-son line, especially if there's been an adoption or an unexpected event mm-hmm. in the line, it will direct you toward people with a certain surname that mm-hmm. you could look at. And, and that's probably a good segue to, to remind people that any research in genealogy, 
you have to be prepared to find things that maybe you weren't expecting to right. find. And uh -huh. with DNA, that's doubly important yes. because you can get some mm -hmm. upsetting results that you are not expecting. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the old saying is people lie, but DNA doesn't. <laughs> That's right. And we've seen unless, of course, of they, unless yeah. they mix up your batch. at the unless <laughs> they, and, Or unless you're, uh, the only way it can be wrong if it says parent-child is if your parent has an identical twin. Oh. That will, your parent's identical twin will show up as your parent. Okay. That's interesting. But that's the only time hmm. that it will be wrong. Hmm. So let's go back to the companies. What okay. what there's Ancestry, Twenty Three and Me, My Heritage, My which Heritage. is more of an international company, oh. and they're up to two and a half million people now. Okay. So if you have Ancestry outside the United States, that is a very good one Ooh. to look at. Okay. I think they're based in Israel, but they test. They they are marketing more all over the world. Okay. And you can certainly do more than one test. Yes, yes. and you can, uh, if you've tested at Ancestry, MyHeritage will let you upload your results there without taking a second test and without paying. So hmm. you can just mm -hmm. fish in their pond uh, without doing anything other than mm -hmm. just uploading your raw results. Okay, that's interesting. And are there other smaller companies that are getting into it, or they're just major There's ones? There's an English one uh, if you have ancestry from England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland. Ooh, called, which I do. Okay, it's called Living DNA. Okay, I'm going to write that down. And that is, they will give you results by uh, trying to tell you exactly where in England and where in Scotland. Because oh, I did my ancestry DNA and I'm, I only know enough about genealogy to be dangerous. So um, that's why I can contact either one of you that's if right. I have any questions. But I, I did my DNA and I, my mother has always said she's Irish English, which, you know, that's just as broad as you can get. Mm -hmm. And then my father, I knew that my his parents immigrated to the U.S. from the Azores. So I figured, up oh, they're 100% Portuguese. Mm -hmm. So I get my results back. I came back 46% England and Wales, and then 26% Portuguese and 20% French. Mm -hmm. And I had never heard of the French part, you know, had, mm -hmm. had no idea. So that's why it would be interesting for me to do the My Heritage mm -hmm. and the Living DNA to Absolutely. try to figure mm -hmm. out more of that European. And it's also, again, it's the DNA is a research tool. So that's also a good opportunity to maybe look at some Portuguese history mm -hmm. books mm -hmm. and seeing where that French comes in through history. Mm -hmm. Because when I did my ancestry test, the first results I got, I had a high level of Spain and Portugal. But because ethnicity is such a moving part, mm -hmm. so the more people that test, the bigger that reference population becomes, mm -hmm. and it changes. So what you got when you first took it will change over mm -hmm. time. And mm -hmm. they've just recently updated, and I've lost all my Spain and Portugal, but I, <laughs> I believe that looking at history, it was probably the Ireland, because I do have a high Irish. So I'm thinking that it's probably Spanish people who well, okay. all the Spanish, that Ireland. Spanish Armada yeah. went along yes. the coast of Ireland, and sure they landed they there, and they... Well, you know, I learned that, with the I, I learned the about dead. that on that t British TV show Shetland. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, because yeah. his last name is very Spanish sounding, and right. evidently that was how that Spanish surname came in. 
Yeah, it's really interesting when you yeah. start looking at the history part of it. Mm-hmm. I think it, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the ethnicity is is the least reliable ones. So they they're pretty good at continent. Mm-hmm. They're getting better at country. Mm-hmm. After that take it with a grain of salt. Okay. And then you mentioned that it can change. Is that mm-hmm. just because the um, the universe or the the n number, you know, the population right. has increased and that makes it more Exactly. Specific. I mean, the last numbers I saw, Ancestry now has 15 million tests. Really? That, I mean, when they st- started out in 2012, it was probably less than 1 million. So that's a boom. And I think people. the science gets better and also. This, yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. We love science. Um, okay, so y- both of you, you know, working um, in in genealogy in in a library what kinds of questions do you get about dna tests uh, in general well mostly i get questions okay i've sent in my dna now how do i find my cousins (laughs) that's that's the main question how do i find my cousins Uh and that's where we have to explain that it's it is a research tool and you've got to have a tree at least Mm -hmm. on ancestry you must really have a tree Mm -hmm. and if you're on GEDmatch which I think Anita might talk about Mm -hmm. it's a not a tree but you have to have a good understanding of DNA Mm -hmm. yeah because when I started and I just did my ancestry DNA test you know I remember getting back the results and it said I had a kit or a kit number Mm -hmm. and I was like hmm what's Mm -hmm. all this about and then a cousin of mine who I found through ancestry had told me oh you have to upload this to GEDmatch so that you can and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing but again enough to be dangerous and mm-hmm. and it was really kind of a neat neat thing but I think in my mind I forget to go back and check it because of all right. of these updates so right. that's what I need to do yes you, it's a good idea to check it every three four months because you will get new matches okay. and there might be somebody that's really close mm-hmm. And the good thing about GEDmatch is that it will put your matches in order. You can order them by date, or you mm-hmm. can also order them by proximity. And so, what what essentially is GEDmatch? What is it? Well, for, and what is GED? What's that? It's not. You know, the, I don't know what it stands. It's not for. the General Education Diploma. <laughs> we'll have to ask the other Curtis <laughs> Rogers. Prob- that's right. By the way. <laughs> I'm not the Curtis Rogers who created GEDmatch because the person who created GEDmatch's name is just happens to be Curtis Rogers That's as right. well. I do remember reading that. Yeah. It, um, it's what they call a third-party tool. Okay. So once you've tested at any company, Ancestry, 23andMe, Family Tree, it doesn't matter, you can upload your raw data results to GEDmatch. Mm -hmm. And what that does is now, instead of having to test at every company, you can run your results against other people who have tested at other companies and uploaded their results to GEDmatch. Mm -hmm. And so that way you don't you can see exactly where you would match them on what chromosome from what position and how large the match is so how closely related you might be mm-hmm. and it's very useful if you you can also run a people who match one of both kits so if you and I matched at GED match we could run to see what other people match both of us mm-hmm. 
And then if one of those people had happened to be a paternal cousin of mine, then that would lead me to believe that we would be a match on my father's side of the family. Hmm. Wow. So it's a useful tool and that way. And it's free. And it's free, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can pay extra to get some extra mm-hmm. goodies. Mm-hmm. goodies. But, but you get a lot of good stuff for free. Because I remember when you went into it for the first time, you had to, and it took like maybe 24 hours once right. you upload. you got to give it a day. You can usually start doing one-to-one searches mm-hmm. right away, but to search the whole database, you have to give it a day or two wonder if that's going to continue to increase as more and more people. I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, it's... Because uh, it seems like we're talking about some super computing yes, going on. it, it yeah. is. And there, now with the uh, Golden State Killer case that they used oh, GEDmatch. Yeah. Okay. So law enforcement is using GEDmatch as a tool. And what GEDmatch has done now in mm-hmm. response to that is they have opted everyone out of law enforcement searches and you have to opt yourself in if you want your results to be included hmm. so i haven't done that yet you yeah. when you go on the site will they there's give a you little the police okay icon. Icon. <laughs> okay good and you can click uh-huh. it okay yeah they just opted everybody out. they just opted everybody out now family yeah. tree dna you have to opt yourself out mm-hmm. you have the uh, option to do that, but they they have opted everyone in, and mm-hmm. you have to go in and opt yourself out. So even with GEDmatch, is it still a good idea if you want to increase the um, focus of your results to still do, if you already have done Ancestry, would you still do 23andMe and then still do a few of the others, or does GEDmatch kind of take the place of having to do all the others. I believe it does because then you can run your results against people who te- and GEDmatch now even takes tests that I've never even heard of. So, you know, people who've tested at really small companies mm-hmm. or up and coming companies. Mm-hmm. You just never know when that person who's going to break down your brick wall, you just never know where they tested and mm-hmm. when you're going to find them. So, at GEDmatch it's it makes it so that you don't have to okay. go. But it is that being said, it is easy to fish in other ponds without having to take the test. You mm-hmm. can uh, upload your results to Family Tree. I think they charge $19 to unlock your Is that a matches. one-time? And that's a one-time thing. You don't have okay. to subscribe or anything, mm-hmm. and you can see all your matches there. Mm-hmm. But I do, although you may not have to do all the companies, I do think that if I understand what you've told me in the past, right? that... Um, I've done the autosomnal, mm-hmm. so I should do like the Y DNA right. for my dad or, or some and other now, types of tests. Basically, the if you want to do the Y DNA or the mitochondrial DNA, you pretty much have to go to Family Tree DNA now. I think they're the only ones that are doing those. Okay. Ancestry did them, but they phased it out a couple of years ago, and I don't believe 23andMe does. So, yeah, Anita keeps getting on me that I need to do my dad, who's 85, and yes. do his why. Mm-hmm. Do his why. I've done his autosomnal, but I need to do his do why. Do the why. And mm-hmm. the why, again, let me just reiterate for everyone, that is going to be, it has to be a straight male line. So it's the male, his father, his father, his father, his father. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't have a daughter in there anywhere. Hmm. It's got to be the straight male line. Mitochondrial, anyone can take that. It, it can be a son, will give you the mother's mitochondrial, mm-hmm. but he 
his children will not have that. It will the mitochondrial line ends with him because mm-hmm. he his children will have their mother's mm-hmm. mitochondrial DNA. So that's the difference. And the mitochondrial DNA test is the least genealogically useful okay. DNA test mm-hmm. because it is so slow mutating that you you might match with someone zero, mm-hmm. which is good, that's perfect match, but your common ancestor could still be from a thousand years ago. Wow, wow. So you would never really be able to find them. Hmm. Because unless so you just old. Unless you just, <laughs> yeah. Unless you have a great tree and they have a, you know, a great uh-huh. tree. Uh-huh. It's going to be really difficult. Yeah. And it's also them. valuable to have other family members do the DNA. It is, that is the most valuable thing. If, when you test, if you can get one person, well, the best is if you have a parent. Mm-hmm. If you can test a parent, that's the best. Mm-hmm. Because then you can separate your paternal and maternal matches immediately. Okay. But if you don't have a parent, I didn't have that. So uh, a sibling your parents, siblings, Mm -hmm. somebody, you need a good strong match from each side of your family Mm -hmm. to use as a reference point so that you can, because the tests do not tell you which side of the family your match is on. That's something you have to figure out. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is to have someone to match against so that you can say, okay, this person matches me Mm -hmm. and they match my dad's brother in the same place. Mm This is a match on my father's side of the family. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about some of the um, ads on TV. They actually go into medical issues. And yes. so it's like you can figure out if you're more prone to knee arthritis or something. I mean, it seems <laughs> crazy, but how does all that fit into to all of this? Well, 23andMe has their health. They have uh, most of the health market cornered because that's what they're really using that data for okay they're working with drug companies to try to develop drugs that will work for people better based on their genetic Uh predispositions if you will but um and and ancestry is beginning to to dip their toe into that a little bit Mm -hmm. they haven't that much but um the health part of it you can at Ancestry, if you pay less, you can just not do that at all okay. and just use the test for Ancestry. Mm-hmm. But if you want the health, I mean, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun to I see. Did it. I did it, too. Yeah, did paid. you find out anything interesting? I they just said I had out. green eyes. You do. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh, They good. just looked at your picture. <laughs> <laughs> JedMatch has something you can run that will actually put a picture of what they believe your eye color is. Right. Oh, that's so scary. Oh, so it's that pretty in interesting. That's pretty interesting. But, yeah, I did see on 23andMe today, they just released one that said, I'm not afraid of public speaking. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I was happy you know it, that. What's so interesting about that is who knew your DNA affected I know, that? exactly. You know? mm-hmm. It's just yeah, amazing. It really is. I mean, it's so sci-fi. You know, you start yeah, thinking when you're is. talking about using, like 23andMe, using the um, DNA for health information and for drug companies mm-hmm. and you think ooh that you know yeah. sounds like we're trying to make a more perfect uh, human <laughs> being or something well there's always good and bad yes. to mm-hmm. any of those technological advances mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> 
So one of the other questions that I wanted to ask was how, how can social media play a role in genetic genealogy? I mean, we both belong to the Irish genealogy page. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? There's a lot of Facebook groups. And, yeah, um, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Are there any? It seems like there would be too many. You know, yep. like because uh, I'm a member of some of the Portuguese genealogy from that specifically are relating to the Azores, but I think there's three different ones oh, yeah. that I'm a part of. So I mean, is it? Is it helpful? Is it a hindrance? Is it? I like the one. I like the big one called Genetic Genealogy Tips and Tricks. That's a good. There's one. a new one out there too. Yeah. Blaine. No, yeah. Is that on Facebook? Or? It's a Facebook mm-hmm. group. Okay. Yeah. And so you can ask questions, and the, and he he'll do a lot of polls to ask you about certain numbers and your matches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. Hmm. to find out because he you know that's how he came up with that chart that he has that shows you what relationship a match might be based on the size of the match okay and who is this again blaine bettinger and he'll be here at the south carolina genealogical Mm -hmm. society meeting on july 12th and 13th wow okay there's Still, I mean, he literally the, read the book. Yeah, okay. the registrations are going quickly, but if people are interested in DNA, that is the workshop to go to. So mm-hmm. it's July 12th and 13th at the South Carolina State Archives. Okay, wonderful. And we're even closing the local history room for those two days so that wow. we can all go. Wow, so this is a important it's, thing. It's it a big is, deal. He's and it's a lot of DNA at yes. this. Jan Alpert will be there, and there's a couple other people yeah. talking DNA. It's okay. going to be, be the good. focus. Okay, is it, uh, how much does it cost, do you know? I think it's $40, 40? Yeah. and okay. then you have the option to purchase lunch on site. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would really recommend people to go to that if they have an interest in DNA. Absolutely. If, if either one of you can get me that link, I'll be sure and include it oh, in, that's the, a good idea. Okay. In, the, mm-hmm. in the podcast page. Um, so what other, are there any other specific things in social media or other websites that are important for people who are really interested in learning more about genetic genealogy? Mm, that's good well, what question. about your ISOG? The ISOG thing? wiki is the best place to go. And what does ISOG stand for? It stands for the International Society of Genetic Genealogists. Oh, okay. And they have everything on that wiki. You can compare. They have a chart where you can compare all the testing companies as mm. to what they do, what they don't do, how much it costs, how many people are in the database. I mean, they have, they have compiled a lot of information. Wow. And they will also help you you know, how do I get started? Mm-hmm. They've got all of that on there. It's If you're just going to one place, that's the place to go. Mm-hmm. 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 I like to do a lot of the podcasts also. Oh, yeah. the, there's It doesn't have to be a DNA podcast because all the genealogy podcasts are talking DNA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, Extreme Genes, mm-hmm. I like to listen to that. And um, the Genealogy Guys. They're really good. Yep. Mm. And they're all talking DNA. Blaine mm-hmm. Bettinger's been on the circuit for the last oh, yeah. couple of weeks. So um, I, th- I think it's those are great to listen to. Mm. What do you think the future of the um, DNA testing is going to be? Where do you where do you see it going? 
Well, I always tell people, like, do you remember when we first had DOS computers and you had to learn all those formulas to get mm -hmm. into it? And mm -hmm. then I learned them, and then I was like, why did I learn it? Now I just press an app. I think DNA is going to be like yes. that. We're, we're spending a lot of time figuring out the relationship and who that person is and how they fit into our trees. I think it's just going to get easier and I easier. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. I think it will. Uh, you mentioned app. Are there any good apps out there that someone needs to know about? Well, I have the Ancestry app, yeah, but you wouldn't want too. it unless you had the Ancestry mm -hmm. subscription. Or account, yeah. The best other third-party tool that I use, if, you, if you're really serious, mm -hmm. there is a, a database called Genome Mate Pro. Genome Mate Pro. G-E-N-O-M-E. Mate Pro. And I think the website is getgmp.com. Okay. It's a, it might be .com or .org. I'm not sure. But it's a database that you download onto your own computer, so it's not web-based. Oh, wow. And then you can put your results into it, mm -hmm. and it allows you, and you can make I've got about 12 profiles in mine of different people whose tests I'm looking mm, at. Mm -hmm. And you can put all of them together and see what on each chromosome, what your matches are. Mm -hmm. Then you can assign them maternal or paternal. And it has, I mean, that, if you're serious, you've mm -hmm. got to have that. Mm -hmm. Or you can wait three years and it's yeah, all going to do it for you. Do it for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Really, it's going to take that long? <laughs> Maybe not. Possibly. Things have gone so Until fast. Then. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a ex growth is exponential in this area. It's unbelievable area. how how these databases have grown. So that is getgmp.com. We'll double check on double that. Check the on that. Genome Mate Pro. Yes, um, it's free. Okay. Also. So like GEDmatch. Mm -hmm. Do you foresee any of either of those like going? Um, subscription or pay options or well there's possible. a lot of money in this mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. I wouldn't I would think that more and more it's going to cost us money mm -hmm. to do things and haven't the cost of the individual tests come way down oh they've come oh, yeah. way down what did they used to be I don't know but there's a new test out that they say it can analyze an old envelopes that have yes. been licked, yes. and they're talking no. that test is going to cost a thousand dollars. Is no. what I last heard. And I'm like, and I've got all kinds of letters from my great grandfather, and I'm like, oh well, if I wait five years, I'll bet you anything that's going to be affordable. I think it will be. Yeah, that's crazy. I think you will be able to do artifacts before uh -huh. too long. Huh? And that even what you know when you think about it, if like family scrapbook sometimes they have uh, clippings of hair yes do. that's right they sure if there's do there's a root attached huh yeah that's it's really interesting. it's only going to get more interesting mm. and more uh invasive <laughs> yes <laughs> but you know you have to kind of uh, be willing to participate yes. so for the most part um one two last questions i'd like to ask each of you as we kind of wrap up what's been um a few of the real interesting things you have found out personally doing uh, DNA testing. Well, I solved a brick wall with mine. I did. My great grandmother came from Ireland, and I had 
she used fake names, and I couldn't exactly <laughs> figure things out, and she never... I'd like to learn about that story. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. Um, and she never really told the truth about anything, mm-hmm. and I, I just couldn't get anywhere with it. And mm-hmm. then we had a big DNA hit, and now I've been to Ireland. I've mm-hmm. met my family over there. Wow. It's It was crazy, and it was it never would have happened without DNA, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I, I wish. Um, I, I have a brick wall that I've been working on for 30 years, and DNA has just made it more complicated. Oh, but yeah. um, I did find, I have a on my dad's side of the family a Johnston who married a Johnson two generations oh, in a row. Oh, no. And uh, so th- I, I don't know if they're related to each other or anything, but I knew that my uh, great-great-grandfather had brothers that I didn't know about, and I mm-hmm. was able to find one of them named John Johnston, mm. who left Alabama and moved to Mississippi, and I wouldn't have been able to find him in, uh, except for DNA, so I was excited to be able to put a name to one of his brothers and mm-hmm. to add all of those more Johnston. Anita might be her own grandma. I I definitely (laughs) am. Her tree might not branch. My my tree definitely uh, does not branch. (laughs) (laughs) That was too funny. Um, Anything else we should know about DNA testing and genetic genealogy? Well, the one last thing I would like to say is please be mindful Mm -hmm. that when you take a DNA test, you may get results that could possibly be uh, upsetting. Shocking, mm-hmm. upsetting. Uh, your parents could not be who you thought. Your siblings might only be your half siblings. Your mm-hmm. grandparents could not be. So you have to keep that in mind before you test that mm-hmm. how you might handle something like that or how you might handle uncovering a family secret that doesn't really have to do with you but mm-hmm. might affect mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, people have gotten really their lives turned upside down. Really? By DNA. I wow, heard a statistic that it's like one in five. I mean, <laughs> you're kidding. That they discover something that's completely yes. like their parents are not their yeah. parents. Wow. That I don't know. It sounds twenty percent sounds really it high. It sounds to me, so high to me. Mm-hmm. But the nineteen yeah. sixties were kind of you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but and you will. I've I've had several adoptees contact yes, me. Yes, I have and, too. Yeah. So you will mm-hmm. hear from people who might not necessarily be close relatives, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. could be. It has really solved yeah. a lot of uh, adoption. Problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, because you know you think of closed adoptions or sealed right. adoption, mm-hmm. you know, and you think of someone who is over the age of eighteen and they want right. to, you know, delve and, in more. And I believe that DNA testing is is going to have an effect on legislation in this area because mm-hmm. it's very hard to protect someone's privacy when DNA tests are out there and yeah. you really, you know, the records may be, be sealed, private, but the but DNA is going to lead someone right to. A birth parent, mm, mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. they want to be led to or not. <laughs> right, right. Interesting. So it, right. I, I think some states are beginning to open up those birth certificates mm-hmm. and to look at that. And if they've been sealed, they can submit the glue for. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you've given us a lot to think about. I've learned a tremendous amount about um, genetic genealogy. So thank you both for being with us today. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. 
We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. Until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening. <laughs>